The title of the message is this, is Caleb, a man with a different spirit. A man with a different spirit. So we're going to be looking at Joshua and Numbers this morning. I'm going to unpack that. Joshua is an incredible Bible hero, uh, one that's not a lot's written about him, but what is written is absolutely profound, significant, and, uh, uh, and it's worthy of emulating. Uh, his life is worthy of our talking about this morning, so that's why we're going to do that. So if you're able to stand to your feet, we're going to read 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. I, I need you to read loud on the count of three. All together, ready? Here we go. One, two, three. The eyes of the Lord... So I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this verse. Because this morning, like right now, the eyes of the Lord are searching for young men, for young women, young adults, adults, students. His eyes are searching this morning. Searching the whole earth, that would include Calamacy, Ukaipa, Redlands, Beaumont, Banning, Cherry Valley. To what? To strengthen those, just anybody? No. To strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So there's a great search going on this morning. And I think that when the eyes of the Lord fell upon Caleb, he said, oh, here's one whose heart is fully committed to me. And so... It says in Numbers 14.24, God's speaking and makes this profound statement about Caleb. The creator says this about Caleb. My servant Caleb has a different spirit. So there's something about the spirit of Caleb that drew the attention of Almighty God. So what I want to do is talk about that and unpack, well, Well, what does a different spirit look like? How can I have a different spirit? And so that's what we're going to talk about. I have three, it's not not an all-inclusive list, but three of the dominant characteristics of a different spirit. And so we're going to look at the scripture this morning and recognize that the implications of it are absolutely profound if we would buy in and listen to this. And so uh, next week, we're going to look at Joshua 20. We're fast-forwarding through 16, 17, 18, and 19. You can read those on your own. And we'll continue in Joshua chapter 20. If you're just joining us, I want to get everybody up to speed so we understand the context in the background for which, of the story of which we're unpacking. Numbers 13, chapter, chapter 13, verse 2. Moses says this, And the Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites Send one leader from each of the 12 tribes. Now watch here. It says, which I'm giving. So God has given the land to them. They don't have to do anything to earn it. They don't have to send 12 spies into the land. The land has already been given to them. But because they asked to do that, Moses relented. They're sending 12 spies. Ten of the spies came back with a bad report. All of them said, wow, this is, the, the promised land is awesome. Two of them came back with a good report. But because of the 10, they dominated the attitude of the people and convinced them that we can't go into the promised land because there's giants in the land. And there's fortified cities in the land. They have more sophisticated weaponry than we do. And there's these intimidating 
sons of Anak, giants in the land there. And so, uh, so God says during that time, during that tour of Israel there, of the 12 spies, each one from a tribe of Judah, uh, comes, comes uh, to God and says, hey, uh, because of your unbelief, all you jokers, 40 years, wandering in circles, that's your end. You will die in the desert because you can't believe me. Well, during that time, this verse in chapter 14 of Numbers, verse 24, my servant Caleb, watch, my servant Caleb, again, has a different spirit. There was something different about Caleb that drew the attention of Almighty God. Think about it. What an incredible statement to have made about your life. That God looks down on you among all the young men, all the young women, all the students, all the adults, and says, there is someone with a different spirit. Friends, can I tell you that that's what I want for me? That's what I want for my family, and that's what I want for you. So he has a different spirit. And so different from everybody else of that day there. Because God would say to him, looking at Caleb, hey, he follows me fully. He's not holding back anything there. He's not riding with the crowd. He's not going with popular opinion there. Uh, other people have doubts and fears, but Caleb, man, he trusts in me. He has another spirit. He looks at Caleb and he says he's not caving into the peer pressure from the other 10 spies there in the culture in which he lives. He looks at Caleb and he, and he says, man, there's something about Caleb here. And so, uh, because in a culture there that Caleb was facing unprecedented pressure to compromise what he thought about the promised land, but he did not. He took a stand there, and really what we're going to talk about today is what the church needs, is what our families need, is what America needs, our country needs, the very thing I'm going to talk about, this uh, unique and different spirit. It's available to all of us. Only the minority are going to lean into it, but it's for everyone. Uh, it's available to everyone. And so what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to summarize the three major marks of a unique, uh, different spirit here. So God looked at Caleb and said, you know, I like that. I like what I see in Caleb. I like to see more of what I see in Caleb there. And so again, it's not the majority there. So Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, we see here that Caleb had a spirit, watch. He simply believes God. He simply believes what God has said and he runs with that. And so notice that uh, God has already promised the promised land, and here's what they say. Numbers chapter 30, verse 13, verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as he stood before Moses. Let's at once go and take the land. He's pretty confident, right? He's pretty confident. Let's take the land. He was like, come on. And then uh, and he says there, and we can certainly conquer it. I know we can do this. Why? Because God told him that he could do it there. And so uh, he's, he's full of confidence. The Lord is with us, he says here. And now I want you to notice what happens here. Because uh, there's something different about the young man, Caleb here. Uh, there's something different about the young woman that has a, uh, this kind of spirit, a different spirit. And so uh, we're going to summarize, again, in three ways. And the number one thing that I want to say is to stand alone in your faith. You're going to see that the thing that differentiated him from everyone else is he stood alone. And he was willing, that's a different spirit there, a willingness to stand alone. Why? He's in the minority. 
He's got Joshua, but other than that, no one, there's no one besides sidekick Joshua there. And so he stood alone, watch, against his peers. There's something about a different spirit that's necessary if you're going to stand against your peers, those that you run with. He takes a stand that's unpopular. He's in the extreme minority. He's facing fierce opposition. He's going against the crowd, against two million people here. Caleb does not blend in. Caleb does not bend toward popular opinion. Caleb does not back down. See, Caleb, you want to look at the screen, had a courageous spirit about him. See, he said, we can certainly conquer it. The different spirit and the spirit that we want to have here is a spirit that's willing to stand alone. And that is what God is still looking for today. The eyes of the Lord are still looking for someone that is willing to stand alone for him. Caleb had a courageous spirit that stood alone against his peers. Watch. He courageously trusted God uh, when the culture around him would not. Sounds like America today. You trust God in the midst of a culture that does not. Caleb had a different spirit that said to his, his peers, I'm going with God. I'm going with what God has said, and this is where I stand. You see, he had a different spirit. If you're a Christ follower, would to God that he would give us such a spirit where youth and students and young adults and adults alike would be willing to take a stand alone for your faith. Who is willing to do that? The eyes of the Lord. What if the eyes of the Lord going to and fro throughout the whole earth would descend upon this room I would descend upon those watching online and would descend upon you. What would he find? And so God gave us a spirit like Caleb that would stand against opposition. So how did he stand alone? Here's how he stood alone. Because he believed in what God said. He was rooted in what God said, that it was true. And he was convinced. He had a deep conviction that God would do what he had promised to do. And we've already unpacked that. So number two... Let me give you the second observation about the different spirit of Caleb. Not only does he stand alone against his peers, but secondly, here's what he does. He followed God with all his heart for all of his life. He didn't just have a good season, but he followed God in every season of his life with all of his heart. That's a different spirit, friends. So Caleb, what did he do? How did he do this? Well, you know that when he was a young man, and this is how you start when you're young. You make a decision. You make a decision in your heart. This is what I'm going to do. And he determined in his heart to follow God uh, all of his life. So Joshua chapter 14, verse 8, referring back to the story in the book of Numbers here, notice what he said about himself. Now we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at what Caleb said about himself. Then we're going to look about what other people said about Caleb. Like Moses, the greatest of all time, the goat. Okay? And then we're going to look at what God said about him. So verse 8, look at what Caleb says about himself. There it is. But I wholly follow the Lord my God. Like I'm all in God, like I'm not holding anything back, like no distance between me and you, I'm wholly in. And then look at the next verse about Moses. It's one thing to say this about yourself. What about having Moses say this about you, the greatest prophet of all time? 
he followed, Moses said he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. That means he wholly, wholly followed, followed. Great emphasis in the original Hebrew language to make the point. He was all in. Well, it's one thing to say it about yourself. It's another thing that the greatest of all time would say it. Well, what about then when Yahweh, Almighty God, says it? Next verse here, Numbers 14, 24. But because my servant Caleb, watch, the foundation, has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. How many people here want that to be said of you? I mean, do you, would you want to say that about yourself? That I have a heart which wholeheartedly follows God. But then what would the people around you say? What would your roommates say? What would your neighbors say? What would your family say? What would your spouse say? Well, a close person close to Caleb said, yeah, he's the real deal. It's legit. He follows God wholeheartedly. And then take it to a whole nother level that God would say to him, yes, he follows me wholeheartedly. And so Caleb now is a person that would say this, God, I'll do anything that you want me to do. Caleb was completely devoted to God. Caleb was pursuing God with all his life. He was completely given over. He was given over to following him. He held nothing back. There was no, he didn't put distance between him and God, just a safe space so he could kind of do his own thing. You know what I'm talking about? Just kind of, you know, you, you go to church and all that, but you've got, got some space there. You know, I don't want to get too close to God. But see, uh, Caleb was a person who would say, God, I'm giving you everything. Not just some of me, not just part of me. I'm giving you all of me, God. And I wonder again this morning, where the eyes of the Lord going to and fro, who he would find here this morning with that kind of a heart. What would he say about me? What would he say about you? Look at this. Look at this. Caleb lived his life for God to the max for all of his life. That's the story of Caleb there. Caleb had a different spirit uh, that found, watch, watch, that found something so dear and so precious to him that he was willing to die for it. So precious, so dear, and it changed everything for him. I love what Martin Luther King says, the great Martin Luther King. Look at the screen with me. Look at what he said. Now I say to you this morning that if you've never found something so dear and so precious to you that you'll die for it, then you're not fit to live. Could he have said that to the children of Israel that spent 40 years in the wilderness? You can't find something so precious and so dear that you can't even trust God in what he said. So you got to go spy out the land and then come back with your report there. And then you, you don't have the belief, you don't have the faith to trust God to go into the land. You're not willing to die for it. Are you really fit to live? No, you're not. So go into the, I'm sentencing you to 40 years in the desert and you can go in circles for 40 years until you all die off. Echoed 2,000 years later by Dr. Martin Luther King. So what if one day Caleb, like Caleb, God placed some God-given opportunity before you? I want to make this personal here, where you must courageously then stand alone against your peers to do it, unlike the children of Israel. Where you must stand alone in faith, where you must, uh, God calls you then uh, to, to serve him wholeheartedly like he did them, but you kind of back off a little bit and you say, you know what, 
Uh, the reality is, like the children of Israel, I don't know, I don't really have a courageous spirit there, and I'm afraid of what's on the other side of obedience, like they were. They're afraid of the giants in the land, so we're afraid of fortified cities there. We're afraid of their superior weaponry, so we, we can't go, even though God said, I've given you the land. And so like them, what's at stake here? And for us, you know what it could be? What if I get criticized? Uh, what if uh, I'm not as popular? What if, that's a little, little unpolitical thing to do there. And so, uh, uh, and so if you don't have something so dear and so precious to you, I don't know that you really have a, this spirit that he's talking about, a different spirit. And I think, here's what I think. I think that you could be like Caleb, and you could go on to live till you're 85, but my question to you is, are you really living? And so, oh, to God that we would have a spirit about us like Caleb that says yes to God, brings no requirements with our yes, says yes to God's best like, like he did. Interestingly, two weeks ago, one of the greatest actors of our generation here, Tom Hanks, he was interviewed in a, in a podcast, and before that, he was interviewed uh, by this guy that interviews uh, celebrities. And so, and you know Tom Hanks, he won two Oscars. How many people win two Oscars? I mean, he's pretty good. Like, I'm not an expert on movies, but I, I think he's pretty good. And so, yeah, Forrest Gump, pretty good. Uh, Castaway, one of his gems. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. I saw that Elvis, he, he's, really, he's really good. And so, they interviewed him, and they, they asked him this question. And I'm going to show you the video in just a second here. Uh, they asked him the question. He said, hey, do you... Do you like to watch your old movies? No, no, I think that's a horrible mistake. Two-time Oscar winner, arguably one of the greatest of our generation. I think that's a horrible mistake to go back and watch my movies. Now, how could he say that? What was it then that he would say that? That I, I don't want to go back and watch my own movies. And I quote, here it is, here it is. He said, I realized I didn't go far enough. I didn't go to the place that I could have gone. I see that, oh man, I missed that opportunity. End of quote. Didn't go far enough. Didn't go to the place I could have gone. I missed that opportunity. How about us, friends? What if we were, I mean, if we had a fraction of, of, of his skill and talent, I would like want to see all the movies. You know what I'm saying? I want to see all the movies that I did. If I had a fraction, he didn't want to see any of them because of that reality that he looks at it and he realizes like, oh, ah, I can't take it. It'd be a terrible thing for me to do because I saw right there, I didn't go far enough. I missed that opportunity. I could have gone deeper. And he realized that. And so, uh, but what about us? What about Caleb? There he was against, uh, going to face the three giants we're going to talk about. Hey, he went far enough, and he went deep enough, and he has no regrets. What about when he's talking to the children of Israel? Hey, we can take the land. No regrets. Play, play the movie over and over again. I have no regrets. And I just wonder about us, that how do we feel, and what are the things in your life? And I had to, I had to kind of do some, uh, I had to do some business with that, because I can't just get up in front of you and talk and not, have it be real for me. And so, uh, so let me give you the third one here, the different spirit that we see in Caleb that had faith that stood alone and wholeheartedly 
follow the Lord. The third one is this, enduring faith in God. Enduring faith in God. Here he is, he's 85, and he's just like he was when he was 40. Okay, and I want you to see something here before I read the scripture. I want you to see something. I want you to see his attitude. His attitude uh, impacted his altitude that he became a great man, became a hero. But you look at his attitude here, watch. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well, as he promised for all these 45 years. Notice he's not complaining, not full of bitterness, not resentful. Doesn't, I mean, you, you think 40 years with all those jokers uh, in, the, in the Sinai Desert there, he could have come back with post-traumatic stress syndrome, bitterness, anger, resentment. I'm done with you, God. I'm done with the children of Israel. I'm checking out. No, look at him. You kept me alive. Like God, there's no one like you. And well, as you promised me, like God's your good. And I'm glad, watch, since Moses made this promise, even while uh, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and he's a slave, born a slave, and he's 40 years uh, under the, under the uh, opposite, uh, enduring to be a slave. He says, and today, I'm, I'm 85 years old. Like, he's happy. I'm 85 years old. He says, man, the candles for my cake cost more than the cake. I mean, like, we can't we don't even know where to put all the candles, but 85 candles on the cake there. And so no bitterness, no, no negative attitude, 40 years. You know what he did? He trusted God. He trusted God with God's timing. Think about this. Why is it so hard to trust God with God's timing? Because God never tells you how long you're going to be in that situation. You never know. You're just stuck and you're there. And God never tells you. Four, like, four weeks and like, I, I'd have a hard time with that. 40 weeks? I can't get my mind around 40 years. 40 years he trusted God with God's timing. That's a different spirit. And so, now, watch what happens. 85 years old, and he says, hey, I'm ready for war. Same passion, same zeal, same faith. See, uh, and how does God do that? How can God do that? Well, I think on one hand, like I'm seriously, how can you serve God uh, in, your, in your 80s? Yeah, that's, that's the context here. Here's how you can do it. One, you got to stay, got to stay fit. You know, you got to stay fit. Got to watch your diet and all that. You do. I mean, you, you can't, you can't just live however you want and uh, and think God owes it to you. You got to do your part. God will do His part. What is God's part? God will give you the grace to keep on keeping on. You see, God will give you when you step out in faith. God will give you the energy. God will give you the special energy to do it. I I can say from the from uh, my own life that it's true. God can give you the energy that you think, hey, I don't know if I have the energy to do that. But you just step out. God will give you the energy to do it for what he calls you to do. So Caleb, I want you to see this. Watch. Caleb's not hanging on. Caleb's not waiting around for a retirement package here. No. The fight was, the game was still on. The fight was within him. And so, uh, so now put yourself in Caleb's place. He gets a promise from God. He's 40 years old. Uh, and what does he do with that? He's living in the desert. And it wasn't his dream. It wasn't his hope. He didn't sign up for that. He's with the clowns in the desert for 40 years here. And the same thing over and over and over. Same man in the wilderness here. And so, and he could have said, God, this is not the life adventure that, I've, that I chose for my life. And how long is this going to be? And Caleb went through this 40, 40 
years, 40 seasons there, trusting God with God's time. And see, the different spirit had enduring faith. That's what you call enduring faith here. Watch. He doesn't quit when it would have been easy to quit. That's a different spirit, friends. When, when everybody else is quitting, you don't quit because you know God is in it. God's called me. And it's not my time to quit. If you hear the voice of God to stop, that's different. But you can get in some very difficult, arduous, tumultuous uh, situations that you just want to bail. What he did here, the enduring spirit, the trusted God to do his work, even watch, friends, even when he could not see it. Think of it, year one, nothing's happening. Can't see it, but I'm going to trust God. That's faith. That's what faith is. Year two, same thing. Year three, same thing. Year 37, I'm still, I can't see it, God. 38, 39, not till 45 years later does he realize this. That's faith, the evidence of things not seen. See, if you can see it, it's not faith. So watch. His mentality, okay, as a man with some miles under his belt, stands to us as a magnificent example of how we want to live. You want to live. You want to ask God for this kind of a spirit here. Now, God has already given a promise, and look at Joshua verse 14, verse 12. Watch this. Who's he confident in? But if the Lord is with me, I will drive, out, uh, drive them out of the land, just as the Lord has said. Now look again. Uh, but again, he says, but if the Lord is with me, not all about me, but if the Lord's with me, I can do it. I'm telling you, uh, Caleb is a guy that you wouldn't want to get into a street fight with. Even at 85, you would not want to mess with Caleb. And so, uh, but Caleb, so Caleb, I believe he had it going on, okay? If you're 85 and you're like, you got it, the same stuff as when you're 40, you got it going on. So even though he had it going on, he said, I can do this if, because the Lord is with me. Watch this, Joshua 12, verse 12. But the Lord is with me, I'll drive him out of the land. Watch this, now watch Joshua chapter 15. Everybody look, everybody look. I don't want you to miss this. From Hebron, Hebron is very important. Jerusalem today. Caleb drove out, watch. No committee. No army. Caleb alone, watch. The three giants, sons of the, the legendary sons of Anak. By himself, Caleb drove out three giants, but the Lord was with him. You see, that's a different spirit that, that has that kind of capacity and thinks. And so uh, the most imposing, intimidating military presence, he's like, yeah, we, we, we can take them. And he whipped the giants. Now, what I'm going to say is uh, I, I spent a little time thinking through this, how to say it just the way that I wanted to say it, so it would hit you the right way. All that to say this. God, you plus God is a majority. He beat the three giants, different spirit. So Numbers 14.9 says, the Lord is with us, so don't fear them. And here's what Caleb still knew at 85. Here's what he knew at 85. The Lord will be with me, and I will drive them out, just as the Lord said. That's what he knew at 85. See the enduring faith we're talking about? At 40, he was like that. At 85, he was you can be like that. You can be like that. Even though he had God's promise, he was not depending on his own ability to conquer the enemy. Yeah, he's a mighty warrior here. You would not want to meet him on the battlefield. You would not. 
but he did not say, hey, I'm going in my military ability. I'm going in my own confidence. No, that the Lord is with me. So God give us a spirit that when God looks down upon us, he would see a people, a young men, young women, adults, students, young adults, they would say, yeah, different spirit. That's who I want. And so David said when he faced Goliath, I'm going I'm to whip you because the Lord is with me. I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air because God is with me. David said, though I, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, you are a man whom God is with. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that was the spirit uh, that Caleb had. I can do it because God is with me. So we are going to end where we begin. I want you to think about this. Think about the influence of Caleb. I think this is what the world needs, is more people like Caleb. Imagine trafficking around with Caleb when there's a giant there, and he'd be like, come on, get it together. Get your camo gear together. We are taking down the giants. The Lord is with us. And he'd be inspiring the heck out of you. And, like, and you're thinking to yourself, does he know how old he is? You know, does he, he's got the camo deal going on, but maybe he needs a walker too. I mean, look at it. And so, uh, so, but Caleb wanted all that God wanted for him. And he, he inspires the next generation. He sets the tone here by his service to the Lord, and he never punched out of any season of his life. So we want to pray that the, that the Lord would use you and me and us and this church here uh, together that we can have an impact on our culture, on the people out there. We could inspire them. We could point them to Jesus with the time remaining with our one and only life. But it'll take a different spirit to do that. And so I want us to stand to our feet and read again 2 Chronicles chapter 16, if you are able to stand. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. And read it loud like you did the first time because I believe that this is, in a sense, this is like the word of the Lord to us this morning. Are you ready? One, two, three. The eyes of the Lord. And Father, remain standing. Father, thank you uh, for the life of Caleb. And Father, I just want to pray for our students, want to pray for our young adults, the young women here, the young men. I want to pray for the adults. I want to lift them to you. And Father, I want to lift the kids uh, that we would build followers of Jesus, kid size, and followers of Jesus, student size, and young adults that would follow Jesus. And I'm asking that the spirit of the living God would fall afresh upon them and lead them and guide them and direct them, protect them, envelop them, invade them, establish them. May they be rooted in you and grow in you, grow strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. May they have a passion and a zeal and strength to stand alone, to be full on, 
wholehearted for Jesus Christ. And may they have a faith that endures. And may you do this and do more. In Jesus' name, amen.